Episode 234, Customer Experience Drives Trust, and the two together drive outcomes. Today, I talk with Claire Sporton from ConfirmIt. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know, talking. Relentlessly seeking value. Today, I speak with Claire Sporton. Claire is SVP of Customer Experience Innovation over at ConfirmIt. Since we did this interview, the 2019 Edelman Trust Barometer came out, and it showed that trust in U.S. hospitals has nosedived eight points. Pharma and biotech held steady since last year, or slight increases, but the bar is pretty low. Same with insurance. In this conversation, Claire and I discuss why this matters, why it matters to hospitals, to pharma, to insurance carriers, and anyone else who is desirous of customers who come in once, and then they also return. And how do you get customers to come back? It's by having an amazing customer experience that meets customer expectations, exceeds customer expectations, and at the same time, creates a measure of trust. And trust breeds loyal customers. Here's one maxim from Seth Godin that I particularly like. He said, we all know someone who is transactional and it makes us feel icky. What we strive for is to feel relational and to feel that we have a relationship with someone. We all know when we are being manipulated. The point is this, If we don't have trust, we won't have the right relationships within the healthcare industry involved in getting the right outcomes for patients. Entities won't be able to work together, for example, pharma and health systems, or insurance carriers and health systems, or health systems and patients, or any combination of the aforementioned. I saw a stat the other day that said if there's an increase in customer retention of 5%, then business returns go up 25%. That wasn't a healthcare reference per se, so there was no contemplation of patient outcomes and how much they may improve as a result of trusted healthcare relationships and the interoperability that results from them and care coordination, all of the above. I think even at the transactional level, there's room for improvement. And I see this as an opportunity to differentiate who will be the next or the JetBlue of the healthcare industry is my question. JetBlue did very well in relation to its competitors in the airline industry, and they did so by creating amazing customer experiences, which trust was derived from. For more information on the customer experience and the trust fronts, the following Relentless Health Value episodes might be of interest. Episode 23, which was last week, what I said at the Rare Disease Roundtable. We also have episode 228, which is how to figure out what patients really want with Julie Risch from Cleveland Clinic. There's episode 232, why the right KPIs are vital to improve the patient slash customer experience with John Skinner from the Verde Group. Then episode 148, does it really matter if the pharma industry is or is not trustworthy with Dr. Jennifer Miller, who is the founder of Bioethics International. And then episode 118, which is Lifting Pharma Credibility and Trustworthiness with Certified Medical Affairs Teams with Dr. Will Solomon. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Welcome to Relentless Health Value Podcast, Claire. Thank you. Great to be here. There is this question of 
trust. Right. Um, and you had said that this ecosystem, the healthcare ecosystem, is built on trust. Yes. What do you mean by that? <laughs> what I mean by that is that if we don't drive trust, we won't have the right kind of relationships across, and I hate the word ecosystem, but what I mean by that is all of the different stakeholders that are within you know, the healthcare arena. Um, it's not just the patient or caregiver and the pharmaceutical or the, or the healthcare provider. There's a number of different partners all involved in getting the right outcome for the patient in the end. And those relationships, as in with the rest of life, are all built on trust, aren't they? And if we don't trust each other, then we're not going to get the right outcomes. Well, let me ask you this. Can you even have a relationship in the absence of trust or is it just kind of a transaction? Exactly, exactly. And what, what I think we're all trying to do from a customer experience perspective is to move away from that transaction and give a proper experience, aren't we? So as you say, if we want to have a relationship, we can't have a relationship if it's not based on trust. What's the value of a relationship? So in other words, what's the problem with me regarding patient care or, you know, if you're the case of a pharmaceutical company, a prescription mm. as simply a transaction, like what goes horribly wrong with that? So even at the transactional level, we need to have trust. So we heard also the importance of, you know, stuff being easy. So if it's at the transactional level, do you trust that you will make it as easy as possible for me and I'll get what I need? But I think healthcare, you know, fundamentally, we are looking to drive better outcomes for our patients. And that's going to be so critical to people is that they don't want to make it just a transaction. They want to trust their providers and consumers' expectations are getting higher, aren't they? So what was good a few years ago is not good now. And as our expectations rise, then it's down to us as providers to deliver on those expectations. So let's just say for the purposes of this example that I'm a pharma company. Right. And I have a branded medication that right. I have a patent on. Yeah. So it's not possible for a patient to go someplace else. No. Because that's what a patent means. Right. So say I have the most amazing customer experience and I right. trust that my the pharma company is going to make it easy for me. Right. You know, to great expense and social yeah. and time capital by the pharma company in order to make that happen. Yes. Do I see business performance and patient outcomes go up as a result? Like it commensurate with the amount of effort that I'm putting into this. Yeah. And you're right. You know, if you've got a brand patent, then obviously people are not going to go elsewhere. But people put a lot of value on a brand, don't they? So understanding, you know, do you want your patients to be hostages to a bad experience, even if the pharmaceutical itself is a great product? Do you want them to be a hostage to the experience that you force on them? Or let's understand the value of that brand piece and where we can add value there. You've said that the decline in trust yeah. is a catalyst for change. Right. <laughs> Do you hit sort of a break point and then <laughs> patients actually are like, I'm out of here? You know, is, is that like... Okay, no, that's a really good question. I think this decline in trust is a burning platform, but not, not for the consumer, not for the patient, but internally. So, you know, particularly when we're in a situation where we're not in a competitive position around a particular drug or service, then we can get quite resting on our laurels that we don't need to do anything different. 
But if we start to understand that this decline in trust is going to be key for our industry, what I'm hoping is that 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 will act as this kind of burning platform for our executives, for our leaders to understand that it ain't good enough. We've got to start doing something differently. I'm contrasting this with, and you sparked this question when you just said, talk to leaders about Mm. doing things differently. Mm. Something that I heard about recently Mm. where it was a patient advocacy group. Right. And they went and were talking to a brand, a marketing manager on a brand. Yeah who asked them if he stopped working with this patient advocacy group, then would the patient advocacy group, and he was stating this as a true negative and, you know, a decision-making factor for whether he was going to work with this patient advocacy group. He said, after we end our support, are you patient advocacy group going to take the work that we've done together and use it as a springboard to help somebody else, i.e. one of my competitors, continue to help patients? Right. That caused a a bit of a startle. Yeah. But I think it is indicative of perhaps a cultural, you know, like there's so much pressure on brand people Mm. to Mm. win at Mm. all costs. Right. That it creates a culture where, I mean, think about that statement. Yeah, yeah. That's not a way to inspire trust. In fact, that's a way to inspire, you know, everybody in that patient advocacy group is running around telling the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you reconcile that? That obviously you get someone who's coming out of business school and they are hyper-focused on business. Yeah. Contrasting with, we're trying to do good here. Right. Right. How do you bridge that? So it's really interesting because at Confirmate, I work with, you know, lots of different organizations and obviously, you know, there's non-disclosure agreements and everything in place. But I'm always actually really heartened as to how much people are prepared to share, particularly when they're trying to drive these improvement programs based on customer experience. And some people get a little bit touchy and kind of say, oh, look, you know, this is our competitive advantage. It is about experiences now, and that's how people are differentiating themselves. But actually, we are trying to drive all the industry as a whole forward. And actually, I think by driving improvement in all organizations, then we've got a benefit for all. I also would suggest that it's not something that you can just learn. It's not, you know, a, you know, a, a handout that I can give you and say, there you go. You've got customer experience sorted. It's actually how you drive a cultural change within your organization and really deliver on those outcomes, really make change. And that's not something that competitors can replicate overnight. So I would say, come on, let's, let's share, let, let's be honest, let's, let's drive that transparency, let's drive that trust for the good of our industry as a whole, and also for us as individuals that we can learn from each other. Yeah, I've heard it said you can't legislate the heart. No, absolutely. Which would make it really difficult for a business leader Right. To alter a culture which is perpetuated by perhaps business schools, yes. you know, perhaps lots of forces that be, including management by objectives and, yeah. and incentive comp. Yeah. What advice would you have for a leader mm-hmm. who, amidst all of these counter forces and <laughs> confounding factors, is hoping to accomplish exactly what you are saying? Yeah. This stuff is not easy. If it was easy, we'd all be doing it. And, you know, the world would be a wonderful place, wouldn't it? We're not quite there yet, but I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. One of the 
big pieces for me is that I do believe that customer experience can be a catalyst for change. You know, hearing those stories, understanding the impact that we have on people's lives, be that patients or caregivers, or even our own team members and employees can be a real force for good. But what we're about here is not measurement by metrics. What we need to do is to drive change by empowering people across the organization to start doing stuff differently, empower them to improve their part of the world. And if we can start to get people to change their behaviors and do something differently, then what we start to achieve is real viral change. And then we start to actually live up to our brand values, you know, our mission statements, all of those good things that we often just put on posters on the wall. You know, what we're looking to do is actually live by this on a day-to-day basis. So my advice, sorry, to get around to your question, Stacey, is more to be saying, if you want to make one change, empower people, empower people at the front line, give them the information and insights that they need and trust that your people will do the right thing because they will. Sounds like if you trust your front line, then people will trust you. Exactly. Does it tend to work that way? And do you believe that there is a competitive advantage for those first movers in trust? So in other words, for a pharma company or, Mm. you know, an insurance carrier who, Mm. you know, I know pharma is at the bottom of the trust barrel, (laughs) but I don't think insurance is that far behind. It's not far behind. (laughs) It really isn't. (laughs) So if I'm a pharma company or Mm. an insurance carrier, I think hospital, individual providers do really well, but I'm not sure how well hospitals do. Yes. There's a lot of talk in the industry and world in general about artificial intelligence and how that's going to be taking all our roles and et cetera, et cetera, which I really don't think is the case. You know, I've likened, rather than calling it adolescent, artificial intelligence, we should call it adolescent intelligence. It's not quite there yet. It's like my 17-year-old boy. Lots of potential, but downright dangerous um, if, if he was let to go um, as he is at the moment. But if, if we really want to get that competitive advantage, If we can enable everybody in the organization to bring their human piece to work, you know, we don't want artificial intelligence making the decisions for them. We want artificial intelligence to bubble up the opportunities and the priorities for people. And then please, please, let's enable our people to layer on top of that, their human understanding, layer on top of that, that kind of gut feel that we really can't quite put our finger on and let them bring that that piece to work, you know, and I think that's where, you know, we see all of the great brands um, are about enabling people to bring themselves, bring the individual to work and do a great job. Do you feel like the first movers in the trust category, Mm. that the healthcare industry, especially amongst the segments that let's just say have a bit of a dearth in the trust department, is it going to happen like has happened in other segments. Mm. For example, and I'm trying to think of a good example now, but like the airline industry, for example, you know, like JetBlue crushed a couple of airline competitors because they became the trusted brand. Apple crushed competitors. You know, Motorola is not around anymore. Yeah, They changed the paradigm, didn't they really? You know, USAA is another great example. Amazon in a different way. And Zappos, you know, my goodness, that's going back a few years now, but they really did change the paradigm. And 
it was around being a brand that people wanted to engage with. You know, you're treated like a human being, but most importantly, their team members are being treated like human beings as well. And I think that's what's going to really drive change. I worked in financial services a number of years ago when, you know, regulation came in place. And again, you know, it was quite difficult for people to understand under the regulatory framework that this wasn't around, you know, it's just setting out rules. It wasn't around, you know, setting out a script that you just had to stick to. What the regulators were trying to do was say, look, let's do the right thing and let's enable people to treat our customers fairly or wh whatever piece it is. And you can't do that through an algorithm. You can't do that through a script. It's about human beings not switching off their brains, really thinking hard and building the trust with their consumers, their patients, their healthcare professionals, whoever it is, that we can start building those relationships, which is fundamentally how we'll get that competitive advantage. So there's a lot of talk about consumerism in healthcare. You think right. that a really fundamental element of being a choice destination for consumers is being the brand that yes. people want to engage with. Right. One reason is because the trusted brand. Definitely, definitely. And I saw a piece of research, and I can't remember the source at the moment, but it was saying around from a communication perspective, how important it is for end consumers and caregivers to get that communication and understanding direct from the providers. You know, media has its place. User groups have their place, but they want to hear from the pharmaceutical company. They want to hear from the healthcare providers because that needs to be the trusted source. So they're reaching out. They want that relationship with us. You know, we've just got to reach our hand back out to them and provide them with what they need. Claire, is there anything that I have not asked you uh, relative to trust or how an excellent consumer experience can add up to trust, which then could add up to a killer brand, which you would like to elucidate us oh, on? Oh, my goodness. What a question. I can't remember what I've talked about now. Um, I think the key bit for me is let's be real. We want to build proper relationships. Our customers, whatever that customer is, that's what they want. And their expectations are getting higher and higher and higher. And we need to meet those expectations consistently across their journey. If we can do that, and we need to have the measurement and monitoring capability that we understand people's expectations, and then we deliver to them consistently, that's going to give a great experience for our consumers. It's going to make our team members' lives a lot easier and fundamentally build our brands. Claire, thank you so much for being on the Relentless Health Value podcast today. My pleasure. It's been great fun. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at relentlesshealthvalue.com. If you visit the website, relentlesshealthvalue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.